Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. If you'd care to join us, we record live on Mondays at 12.30 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube. We generally answer a few questions from our live viewers related to whatever topic we're covering that week. And if there's a topic you'd like covered, you can also submit a request on our website, purelyocd.com. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about health anxiety or health OCD part two with compulsions. Yes, that is correct. We are going to be doing that and I think it shall be excellent. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) That's the hope. Shoot, I I totally oversold us. Um, I'm so sorry about the Niners, Kelly. Um, Yeah, it's devastating. Yeah. I may yeah. have cried a little bit. Like a little bit. Yeah. A, a tear. <laughs> Shed a tear or two for 30. Five. Oh. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Next year. Next year. Um, for anyone from another country, yesterday was the Super Bowl. That's what we're talking about. One of the teams is Kelly's team. But anyway, we digress. Yeah. We're here to talk about health anxiety yeah. and or health OCD, depending on what you want to call it. Yeah. And, um, last week we talked, or two weeks ago, we talked about obsessions and here today we are going to be talking about compulsions. And, um, I guess with that said, where shall we begin? Well, I think maybe let's list some of the common compulsions that we might see with this. And I think we alluded to it last time we were talking about obsessions is that some of the obsessions we would almost say like can be a compulsion or like we try to describe them as such. So if you're doing like, oh, how do I feel, right? It's so automatic and then checking, right? It's like a split second between the two things. Yes. Um, But the intrusive thought being, well, how do I feel? The compulsion being, I don't know, let's find out. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Is a really fast experience, but. Yes, it is really quick. They are separate. Um, yes. but treating it almost like an intrusive thought. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think it's a really good point that the compulsion happens sometimes so quickly that it seems almost automatic. That being said, to your point, they are different. Um, but sometimes you, you, in fact, I'd say most of the time you're not going to catch the compulsion until after you performed it. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so essentially once you see, oh, okay, I've I've checked my feeling, it's really what are we going to do from there? Yeah. How are we going to judge that? Now, how are we going to compute it in our brain and go like, beep, boop, up, this <laughs> equals bad. Danger, danger, danger Will Robinson. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think it's, that's a fair point is like the compulsion happens, but then it's either 
sometimes, as we say, in all of the subtypes, the compulsions are re-triggering, right? So basically what happens is you go checking, mm-hmm. you go on an ex- expedition yeah, internally to see like, oh, okay, how private do I feel? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking into my private experiences to see how I feel physically and whether or not, you know, my throat hurts and I might have throat cancer, right? And then I do check my throat, hoping that it's not going to hurt. And oh no, there's a little weird scratch there, right? And so effectively what you've done is instead of reassuring yourself, which was the aim of the compulsion, the initial compulsion, you end up re-triggering yourself. And from there, we get to maybe jump on whether or not you continue to perform compulsions, trying to figure out what was obtained in that fact-finding mission that you went on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so just being like, oh, okay, yeah, like there's a, yeah, like there's a scratchiness in my throat. I don't know what that means and I'm going to accept that, right? That's ultimately yeah. response prevention, but, um, and that's for the next episode, but, um, but yeah, I think it's really important to recognize that there's a tendency, right. For, mm-hmm. for compulsions to be automatic and to seem out of our control and it's okay. It's okay. It is okay. As long as we're able to kind of catch it and then come back. That's right. That's right. So no matter where you are in the process, if you've started down the road of trying to resolve uncertainty, just bring it on home. It's never too late. (laughs) It's never never too late. late. Yeah. Come on back. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's one compulsion. Um, Another one might be Google, right? Searching which is interesting because Google triggers the crap out of everybody. It's either you're, <laughs> you know, it's again, it's going back to what you just said is like the compulsion can then re-trigger you. Yes. It's yeah. like, well, Google says you're dying or you're fine. <laughs> There's never like, any in between. Yeah. Never. It's never. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting. It's like, okay, so if you Google all these symptoms, like let's say tingling sensation in left arm Mm. could be like a pinched nerve, right? Could be you're having a heart attack or a stroke, right? All those things are now listed on Google. Could be nothing, but I mean, if you're anxious and you're looking for certainty, you're probably going to go with the worst possible answer because catastrophe is what we do best. Right. Right. And the, the feelings are most intense around the scariest thing. And so yes. it's like, Oh my gosh, well, what yeah, I knew mean? it. I yeah. knew it. I knew it. Here I we knew. Go. Yeah. It means that my spinal column is being impinged upon and yeah. I'm going to yeah. die. Yeah. <laughs> like, right. Like that's, yeah. that's yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. confirmation bias. I think actually, not that that's necessarily about compulsions per se, but I think maybe helping people to understand our brain's tendency, which is that when we have this bias and we have this idea of how things are, for instance, if I presume that there's something deeply wrong with me in terms of my health, is. Oh yeah. Well, exactly. <laughs> I thought you just to say something wrong with me. I was <laughs> well, there's many things wrong with me, but, um, but yeah, so. no, legit. Um, 
so yeah, so you, you know, you're like, hmm, what's, what's wrong with me? And you're going to start looking in your environment for things that confirm the bias that you have, right? You have this bias that there's something wrong with you. So you're going to be scanning, right? And all of a sudden it's like, you're going to find evidence, evidence that yeah. there's something wrong with you. Um, so that's something to keep in mind as well. So true. It's a, it, and it's, the way I describe it recently, it's like your brain's just scanning for threats. It's like scanning, scanning. Yeah. Whereas, <laughs> oh, this is a potential threat. Exactly. It's just <laughs> found it. Going. Yeah, found there it. it is. Ah, uh, there it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You're not worried about murdering your family anymore. You're worried about dying. Right. Right. Yeah. Don't get too alarmed when it jumps. Cause yes, because that's what anxiety does. Yeah. It's like, Loves oh, find that's the not... new scan of items. <laughs> exactly. That's not. It's on the docket today. Well, <laughs> cancer. <laughs> Cancer's on the docket today. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Actually, it's really funny. I saw um, Laura from OCD Doodles uh, posted Aww. something um, today, and it was something like uh, basically like a panel. <laughs> different types of OCD. <laughs> oh, that's probably so good. I have to see it. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, uh, meeting is adjourned, but don't go too far. And then the next slide's like, we'll be back in 0.1 seconds. So, um, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's important to recognize is that just because we've resisted the compulsion doesn't mean that it'll just now simmer down. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't care it doesn't, to simmer down. It's not interested no. in that. It just, it will come right back. So it's, just remember that. Don't get disheartened here. This is a process. It is a process for sure. Uh, but we digress. We were, we were yeah. talking specifically about compulsions in the subtype. And we were talking a lot about the physiological sensations that you might find mm -hmm. yourself sort of checking internally. Yeah. Um, Google. Google also, which again, nobody's friend, because it's going to probably tell you that there's some chance that you're dying, which here's the rub, so to speak. There it is. There is a chance, right? There is. Yeah. It's, uh, and that's where OCD anxiety always gets its traction is on those chances. Like, yeah, yes. it's a possibility that you are dying or that you have something that you're, that's undiagnosed. The question is, is there sufficient evidence to suggest that we should go down a rabbit hole trying to resolve that uncertainty? Because it's possible that the sun's not going to rise tomorrow, but I'm not going to spend the rest of the day trying to make sure that it does or make sure that I know for sure whether or not it will. Right. But also with this one, it's like, well, but it's much more likely that someone gets cancer, right? And that's Fair. the reality. Yeah. But that doesn't mean we need to live like I have cancer or I'm going to get cancer because that doesn't, that's not, there's no evidence that suggests that. It's just if the doctor tells us we're good, we kind of have to go with that. That's right. That's right. And I mean, we'll talk about that more on the response prevention and the third part of all of this series. <clears throat> yep. But tune in next time for that one. But <laughs> tune in next time. Um, so, Google, what else? Uh, reassurance from others. So it might be asking people, hey, have you ever had this? What do you think about this? Taking pictures of certain things like, oh, does this look like skin cancer? Or mm. yeah. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, so multiple doctors. I was going to say, yeah. so people with health anxiety fall into one of two categories. They might go to see a lot of doctors. Uh, they might avoid doctors entirely. And one way or another, um, <clears throat> it becomes problematic, right? Because generally speaking, we do want to see doctors in the course of our lives. Um, but if you're constantly going to the doctor and constantly asking the same questions over and over again, first of all, it's going to put stress on your bank account, right? Like That's a lot to keep going in your time. Time, time, big time. time. Um, it's also going to put stress on the relationship between you and the doctor. <laughs> like you're not going to be. And what's unfortunate too, is that sometimes doctors, actually, this is really important to highlight. Um, sometimes doctors, if they know that you have anxiety may sort of write you off, which oh, that pisses me off, really pisses me off too. That being said, I also understand it from the boy who cried wolf perspective. Like if sure, if you've called in 50 times, they are going to be less likely totally. to take you seriously. Unfortunately, it's true because. But you're talking about the people who they have an anxiety disorder that's diagnosed on their charts. Bingo. A person just comes in for a regular and they're like, ooh, but you have anxiety. So, and maybe there's a real issue, but they're yep. not going to hear you out. Right. Which that's crap. It sucks. Um, and is not okay. So yeah. I, I think also the, the tricky thing about navigating this particular subtype is that there are going to be issues that come up with your health in the course of being a human. And so you are going to need to address things. The answer here is like, again, don't ever go to a doctor or go to a doctor every single day of your life. It's somewhere in between and making choices based on what is reasonable, right? Yeah. Not what is, um, what is, what your fear is suggesting that you do. Right. Um, and I, I do see we're actually, we've got a fair amount of people chiming in. Thank you so much for chiming in. We do try to keep things sort of on topic uh, so that when people come back to reference for these episodes, um, the, you know, there's some rhyme or reason, but we will definitely try to field some once we finish talking about the different types of compulsions as they pertain to this uh, particular theme. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of that compulsion, I think another one could definitely be like the clarification, like, mm. oh, did I, did they hear me right? Did I need to clarify a little bit more? Uh, I didn't maybe give them all the symptoms correctly. Yep. Yep. And I, I think that that's, people will do that with their therapists as well. Like, well, but I didn't give you all of the information as oh, yeah. though their therapist is going to, like the job is to tell them with certainty that they don't have a health issue, which of course right. nobody can do that, including your therapist. Um, so that's a really tricky one. I'm so glad that you brought that up and helping people to see like, oh, right. Like me calling back right now because I'm like, Ooh, but I didn't say this small part of the information, maybe that changes everything. Right, right, right. You know, um, totally. that can be really problematic as well. Yeah. It's really about accepting uncertainty, unfortunately, and that's a scary thing. Yeah. Yeah, it is a scary thing. Um, and it's a totally freeing thing if you've been caught up in it for a long time. Yeah, it yeah. is. It yeah. is. Um, 
All right. So yeah, calling back to make sure that they heard you just right, that they didn't miss some important piece of information is definitely a piece of that. Um, what about just other than like checking physically, what about just reviewing information in your mind over and over again? Oh yeah, for sure. Like even just comparing, oh, how did I feel last week compared to now or. Right. Right. And wait, when the last time I looked up what the symptoms of whatever disorder were, um, what did it say again? Did it say, I'm going to look it up again, right? And that that may play into wanting yeah. to go back and re-Google things. Um, or you just may spin about it like, oh, right, but it said this. It's fine, right? And yeah, yeah. Put it to yeah. bed momentarily and then you pick it up again. Right. Yeah. It and there's so much that can go on in here. There's so many addi like additions, like adding onto a car like package. It could be like screenshotting the Google and referring to that later or right. <laughs> yeah, actually it's interesting. It's it's a little bit off topic, but I did see a question come through that kind of tangentially relates, which okay. somebody was saying it's not actually a question, but it, somebody said dash cam for driving OCD and I think that that kind of relates to what you just said about yeah. taking a screenshot to reference later. Um, the reality is, and we can't give direct advice on here, nor do we know somebody's direct circumstances, but generally speaking, trying to pour over some sort of a record, you know, of, yeah. of some experience is probably being done in order to make sure that something bad didn't happen, which is really just likely to feed into the cycle and mistrust of self, right? Like it, and then you start questioning your own reality of like, I can't trust my own eyes. So let me use the dash cam to record it or let me take screenshots so then I can review it over and over and over again to be sure or have someone else review, right. which absolutely happens. It just, it's compound interest. Like it just grows and grows and grows. There's no end here. No, no. it's going to keep asking for more and more and more. Um, and I, I've seen this with people in door, door locks. Like I'm going to just, I'm going to take a picture of the, the door in the locked position. So or that a video. I, or a video of me locking the door um, or turning off the light or turning off the curling iron or whatever the thing is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that can be a really tricky one. And yeah. keeping that in mind is important. Right. Um, so yeah, all sorts of ways that we can, um, we can compulse in this arena, Yeah, uh, that we can try to get certainty about the status of our health. But ultimately, as Kelly said, and as I think I said earlier too, like we just don't, we can't know for sure. Right? Can't know. Yeah. There's always something that's going to be like, hmm. Um, so anything else on this front that you think it's important that we touch on in terms of, of specific compulsions within this subtype? <laughs> Somebody just said compulsions can, <laughs> smartphones can make compulsions easier, which is absolutely true. Yes. It's like so true. Carrying around a library with you when you, gosh, yeah. can you imagine health anxiety before WebMD or Google? Yeah. I don't. Yeah crazy. Totally different world, right? Like lots more 
so much more material now that's readily available. Yes. And yeah. everyone's an expert and everyone's self-diagnosing and, and access to charts too. Maybe that's another important piece is like, Ooh. um, cause now you have to get your, I forget what the, like a new, portal. Yeah. The portal. I think like they have to actually legally show you things within a certain time frame and mm. have your chart notes available to you within a certain anyways. If you have like blood work coming in, people will be like checking, refresh, refresh, refresh. Yeah. And then when it comes in, it's matched is, with yeah. And then we go to Google. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then Google says you're dying. Yeah. Yep. Oh, what a mess. What a mess. But we yeah. have to, you know, is as hard as it is. And, you know, there's a lot of bad doctors out there, unfortunately, yeah. just like there's bad therapists. I, you know, it's just you have to let them do their job. And if you, and we could talk about this next time is like second opinions and whether that's, it's a whole nother thing to navigate. But if you don't feel comfortable with your doctor and you don't trust them. That's reasonable. And you don't yeah. just have to stop looking because yeah. yes, absolutely. I mean, I know you and I both have dealt with difficult doctors and yeah. We're like, we just don't like the way we're being treated. Right. But that wasn't health anxiety related. No, so. no, absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I think that, oh no, I was going to say something, but I lost it. Any That's case. Okay. Maybe cause you, yeah. Yeah. There's something wrong with you. I told you. <laughs> Well, for sure. Here we go. There's, if I had health anxiety about my memory, I'd be like, well, maybe, maybe this is the full, first sign and maybe it is right. Like that's the sad thing is like, maybe, maybe it is, but it also might not be. And there's not at this point sufficient evidence for me to take that thought seriously. Right. Yeah. Like I, if I forget something in the mid midstream of thought once a day, it's just not an indicator enough. Now, if it was, you know, 50 times a day and I couldn't find my way home, then yeah, maybe we'd, we'd go and, and look into that a little bit more. Um, I, I think that's what I was going to say is that ultimately, and again, you're right, it will be more next time, but as a preview, I think it's down to what's reasonable. Yeah. Right? If a doctor is not listening to your concerns as being super dismissive, um, or you've only had one opinion and it's something that's going to require like like I had back surgery a couple of years ago and I went for a second opinion, right? Like I did. Yeah, it's your back. It's my back. And I wanted to, I wanted to get some clarity before I, I had somebody cut me open, but, um, I yeah. should, I should have done the second opinion on my heart surgery, <laughs> <laughs> but I did it, but I'm more on the avoidance side. So, well, and that's, anyways, well, but the thing is sometimes you don't, or sometimes you do. And like, it's not, but it's not inherently bad. I think either way. Right. No, like, yeah. But I also think it's totally reasonable to want a second opinion. So I do too. it I doesn't do too. necessarily mean that you're being compulsive or that you shouldn't do it. And I think people want a really clear like rule book as to well, what's compulsive and what's not. And the reality is that recovery requires us to be flexible about that. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> yeah. Um, 
David was saying we can also use our phones for ERP, which is such a good reframe. Yeah, totally. true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. And I actually like, we'll talk again more about that next time, but um, yeah, I, I really love um, using our phone reminders as a way to trigger ourselves so that we can learn how to navigate triggers better. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, any other thoughts before we wrap, wrap this up? Um, no, I think that that's about it. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, like I said, a lot of the questions weren't necessarily specifically related to the subtype. Um, not that we want to sort of not answer. Um, can I, can I throw one out real quick? Sure. Cause I, that one's kind of could be related. How helpful do you think thought labeling is like, Oh, that's an OCD thought and I don't need to listen to it. Mm, I think that's dangerous territory. I would agree. I think that that gives us reassurance. Uh, I think it's important to be like thinking. Yes. Feeling, but as a generality, like we don't need to say like, oh, you don't need to listen to that because that's not accepting uncertainty, is it? That's saying this is just OCD. It's right. definitely not the other thing. And right. we're saying, well, truly, maybe it could be. But based on what the evidence we have right now and what other people, the doctor has told us, that's what we have to go off of. And of course, they could be missing something. Yes, but I totally agree with you. Generally speaking, when working with somebody, it's like it's there's a huge difference between saying this is a thought versus, oh, this is an OCD thought, which is really intended to partition it as like, I'm safe. I don't have to worry about that versus saying which is only going to turn into a rebound. It's going to make you want to keep engaging, right? Yeah. Whereas saying, you know, it's a thought and thoughts can be fact or fiction. I don't know. And I think early on with some, some people, if they're really fused with their thoughts and, you know, very low insight, sometimes that helps with just identifying what is the, the thoughts sound like. But always with the preface of like, this is just to do that. We're going to not do that in like a week. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and that's with very few people. It's a bridge. Yeah. yeah it is a bridge. It's like, yeah. let's just bring awareness. Yeah. And ultimately. To scary thoughts. Exactly. Ultimately, mindfulness would have us do that all the time anyway. Yes. Right? Just labeling the thoughts and not necessarily responding to them immediately. So yeah, um, when there's nothing urgent, like immediate, like uh, in your path that needs to be addressed. Like, oh, my foot is on fire. That yeah. That That's what we mean there. by urgent. Yeah. It's life and death. It's <laughs> like, like, don't walk into the sidewalk because there's literally a car that's going 90 right now. Yeah. Yeah. But it, nothing else is urgent. No, no. So, um, well, thank you so much for all who joined. We look forward to talking more next time, which will be in two weeks about compulsion or about ERP in the context of recovery from the subtype. And then in four weeks, we're going to have um, Michael Steer and Josh Spitalnik on to talk about their book, uh, yeah. which they just came out with. And we look forward to that as well. Very Stay much tuned. so. All right. Have Good a good lady. one. Take care, everyone. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. 
If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD. Thank you.